Sister Dulce Brockway. <laughs> she's been here for the past four weeks now. <laughs> so please welcome her back from the Philippines. I'm just so used to her always being here. You know, it's like she never left. So. And um, her daughter, our young sister, Sister Naomi Brockway. She's back from her basic training with the uh, U.S. Army. Come back. Okay. I and um okay, is my mic on now? Okay. And then for the security ministry, I don't know if do if we have any security ministry, but can we make sure that the door here in this side is, is always locked? Um and then for the members, if you choose to exit this way, please make sure somebody's locking it for you. Uh because a lot of children hang out there and the, the adults are here, so at nighttime we don't know who's going in and out there. So please make sure they're turned off. And please pray for uh, my cousin Chris. Uh, he's sick right now. He's not sure if it's something serious, but he knows it's not COVID. Um, and then Sister Stephanie is in the ER. I don't know what, is she out? Okay, she was at the ER. So praise God, she's out. And then our um, um, Avalyn, the baby of um, um, one of our constant guest uh, she texted me i'm forgetting her name she's even watching right now <laughs> nirvana my favorite band nirvana um her daughter Avalyn is not feeling well so please have her in your prayers okay children you are dismissed um to your classrooms um and sunday school teachers thank you very much for your patience and may god bless you for the work that you do and i pray for the children that they'll be uh, fall in love with the Lord constantly. Praise God, we got a good amount tonight. Okay, if you do, if you do have a cell phone, that's the other announcement. Um, if you do have a cell phone, please show them. <laughs> no. Please make sure they are turned off for on silent mode. Uh, so I know we're a month behind. We're a Sunday behind uh, in the Advent calendar. It should be Somewhere in November, the last Sunday of November, all the way to December 24 is Advent. But tonight we will begin our Advent series. Uh, this is the first week of that. And if you were wondering, like me, uh, our, I entitled our message tonight, Waiting. This is week one of our Advent series. And if you were wondering what Advent is, uh, from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming, in the Christian church calendar, the period of preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ and Chris, uh, at Christmas and also a preparation for the second coming of Christ. Uh, here's a couple of uh, quotes from uh, renowned uh, Christians. Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. One, yeah, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul who know themselves to be poor and imperfect. So if you're perfect, it's not for you. And who look forward to something greater to come. And then, God of hope, I look to you with an open heart and yearning spirit. During this Advent season, I will keep alert and awake, listening to your word and keeping to your precepts. My hope is in you. That's Matthew Kelly. Um, our verse for tonight is in Isaiah 40, um, 30 to 31, and it reads, Even youths shall faint and be weary, 
and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening that you've given to us. We thank you for all your blessings throughout the week. We know, Father, that you are powerful. We know that you are, are, are faithful. And we know that you love us, Lord God. That's, that, is why, that is what Christmas is, Father. And, and as we wait, anticipate, as we anticipate eagerly for the celebration of your birth, um, we ask, Father, that you will constantly remind us of your birth, not the other things that the world reminds us of, Lord. We thank you for this evening that uh, you've allowed us, given us the privilege to gather in person. And we thank you for this church body, for the guests that you brought with us, for the songs that we've sang, Lord God. And now, Lord God, we thank you for the message. We ask for forgiveness for our sins, Lord. Please, nothing, Lord God, about us and our shortcomings hinder you from speaking to us and us understanding and hearing you. We ask for salvation for our guests, Lord God, who have not surrendered to you as their Lord. We ask help for those who are broken, Father, broken hearts and broken relationships, and those who are hurting, Father, we ask for help for them. We ask for your guidance tonight. We ask for wisdom. We ask for clarity, conviction, honesty, and humility. And Lord, we ask you, Lord God, to speak to us through this message you have given me. In Jesus' sweet and mighty name we pray, amen. Um, so the, 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 the title is Waiting, right? And, and the first point, obviously, will be waiting. Um, here, next slide, please. No, um, waiting. There you go. So waiting, and, and, and we read there um, that the, the hardest part for children, I would say children, to give the adults credit, is to wait to open their presents on Christmas time, correct? They just argue and try to get you to let them open or at least take a peek or have an idea what their gifts are, right? They made that list and they don't know. They want to know who their secret Santa is. They want to know who got them what and they can't wait. But for a lot of people, we don't really like waiting. Me, for one, I, I don't like waiting. One of my pet peeves is waiting. I hate waiting. I really, it, test, it really tests my, my patience. But it really says more, if it, I'm realizing that it says more about me than the person I'm waiting on. Did you know that it's the same thing with God? Most especially with God. When we don't like waiting on God, it tells us more about ourselves than on Him. Because number one, who are we to rush the holy God. And who are we? How do we know better that it's now that we need that rather than later? When God is saying, wait, and we're saying, no, I don't want to wait. What makes, us, what makes us think that we know better than him? But many a times when we're waiting, that's what, that's, there's a struggle all the time. That's why, that's why the first point there is there's, there's a struggle. That's why there's, there's fainting there when, when Isaiah put it there. There's always, there, and then they're weary because they get tired, right? You get tired, you worry, and you're exhausted. But then look at what he says there. But they, shall, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, right? So imagine, have you seen this scenario? Has this happened to you, the parents? 
when um, you're trying to speak to someone and your child keeps saying, Mom, 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 tugging your shirt, Dad, 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 tapping on your shoulder, right? Or pulling your clothes while you're trying to keep eye contact with the person you're speaking with. And then you tell your child, wait. Right? It's easier said than done for a kid, correct? But everyone can struggle to wait. Maybe it was for a dream to come true or a promise to be fulfilled or a person for you to marry, the right person. Or for that late person to finish getting ready so you can go to church. Advent is a time of anticipation for the coming of the Lord. Though anticipation can make us excited, with anticipation often come anxiety, right? You get stressed out. And with, 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 with waiting, too, could cause sadness, right? Because you're already hurting. You're in pain. And you're just brokenhearted. You're waiting for your spouse to turn around. You're waiting for your child to turn around. You're waiting for your parent to change their mind. And then... When all those come together, stress and sadness come, come in play, what happens? There's frustration. Frustration, right? Now, we as people, I believe, in my opinion, we struggle in, in taking the promises of God number, for the point tonight. We struggle in admitting and in accepting the promises of God because we as people we don't like promises because we either have broken a promise or some trusted people in the past have broken their promises towards us, right? That's why we don't like waiting because majority of the time, I believe, is the negative notion that maybe he's not coming. What if she doesn't really follow through? What if God's really not going to answer my prayer? What if his answer is no? What if it's too late? What if she doesn't like me anymore or, he doesn't, or she doesn't like me anymore? We break our promise here, you know. Here's some examples of how we break our promises. We break or broke our promise to our spouse when we became unfaithful, when we cheated on them, and when we're unloving and we did not follow Ephesians and we didn't listen to the message and we didn't believe it. We were unloving to our wives, husbands, and then for the spouse, the wives, when we were not submissive. How about to a parent? A parent to a child or children when they said, I am here for you. Parents love to say that, right? I'm here for you. I love you. There's nothing that I won't do for you. But then they were never there for you. <laughs> and there were many things that they didn't want to do for you. <laughs> right? That's a broken promise. Or how about to a friend when we say, I'm here to help you. Whatever you need. Right? We're so good to say that, especially when, when, when a tragic tragedy, tragedy happens in their lives, when they lose a spouse or a loved one. We say, we're here for you, whatever you need. And that call actually comes. And then you're like, oh, gosh, it's a Saturday. Why couldn't he call me Thursday? That was my day off. That's a broken promise, right? Because all of a sudden we're tired. All of a sudden, we're busy. All of a sudden, we realized that our promise was going to take more from us, right? And, and we didn't want to actually do it. Because at that moment, when we made the promise, it felt right, right? I feel like it was the right thing to say. I mean, she was broken. And what am I, 
I mean, she felt like she had nobody or he had nobody else. And, and, and I just, it just felt like saying, I promise you, I'm here for you. And for parents, right? That's the right thing to say always to our children because we feel it. We probably mean it, right? But when things get challenging, sometimes we break that promise. And vice versa, children to their parents. We break our promises to God. Remember when you were asking for something from God and then you kind of made a trade in your prayer, right? Lord, if you just give me her, I promise you, I will live for you. Lord, if you give me him, him, not the brother, but him, I promise you, I will live for you. Lord, if you give me a child, I promise you, this family that you will give me will be Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my household, we will live for the Lord. How do broken promises happen there? For that family to... Do you live for God Sunday after Sunday? Oh, but football was up. The Niners were playing. But the snow was too hard, Lord. It was dangerous. What if me and my wife get into an accident? While driving, COVID happens. All of a sudden, nobody's living for the Lord. Lock it down. Close the door. Don't fellowship. No more church. I'll just see them on Facebook. When something's... Did not have bro broken promises? Lord, if you just bring me to the States, you bring me to America, Lord, from day one, Lord, I will be living for you. You give me that job, Lord. Give me that job, Lord. I will tithe faithfully for you. If you give me that promotion. Broken promises happen in our lives, left and right, by us and by people that we trust. And us towards God. But the one true thing is God never breaks his promise to us. Christmas, I know it's commercialized heavily, right? Christmas, the world, the enemy, has made it about presents, about material things, about the glitz and glamour, about the Christmas songs, about emotions and feelings, about sappy emotional things that we love to remember. Snoopy, right? The Christmas by Charlie Brown. We love that. Emotional things bring us back as we were children. And then we pass it on to our children. It's about a great day for that year. At the end of the year, it's something to feel good. After a horrible year, we use Christmas as that. As much as those are good, that's not what Christmas is. Christmas is proof that God loves us and that God is faithful and that God keeps His promises. Amen? And I know the second coming is part of Advent, right? The second coming is, we're still waiting for Jesus. We're still waiting for his second coming. Some of us are more excited to wait on Jesus. Some of us were really saying, we can, he, that can wait. That can wait. Let me enjoy my retirement first. Let me see my grandkids first. All right? Some of us were, were not too excited to, to see Jesus' second coming yet. Because we're having a good life. Because we have a good life, Right? Maybe. <laughs> and then we forget that there's a lot more people that, that, that are suffering. There's a lot of children dying of hunger as we're trying to diet, 
So we're trying to, while we're struggling to go on a diet, there's a lot of children dying of hunger, people dying of hunger. Our families are happy, we're happy, we're healthy, but there are people that are suffering because of the sickness that's going on, right? Because of cancer, because of other things. We live in a country that, that really is a great blessing for everybody that, has, that is, is honest to say and have been in other countries. We know, especially as Filipinos who migrated from the Philippines, we know we're, we're in the land of, the, of milk and honey. So, we've been talking about waiting, but now we're going to talk about the struggling and waiting. If you look at, if you look at Matthew 5.37... And John 8, 44, if you read it together, let me read it and then I'll, I'll try to explain it. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 37, But let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. Now, who's the evil one? Satan. Satan, right? Now, again, we, I always try to emphasize on this. Because as God is real, His enemy is real. And his enemy, Satan, does not love the people of God. Make no mistake about it. Don't buy the lie. Because John 8.44 says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Everybody who does not belong to Jesus belongs to the enemy. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth, for there is no, there is no truth in him. When he lies... His native, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Jesus made it clear, right, on who the evil one is. It's the enemy of God. And the enemy of God, Satan, is the father of lies. So now if you look at Matthew 5, that if you break a promise, whether to each other or to God, then you're committing a lie, which is a sin. You know, if you look at, if you read your Bibles tonight and you go to Matthew 5, before verse 37, there were three topics that Jesus discussed before he, he said this. He discussed about adultery, which is a broken promise, right? And then he spoke about divorce. And then he spoke about making an oath. So a broken promise is a lie. And it's, it was a lie then, and it's still a lie now. So the point of, of, our, of our message tonight is us waiting on the Lord. That's, that's really the whole thing, is waiting on the Lord. But I'm emphasizing that there is a struggle in us waiting because we don't trust other people to keep their promises. And that we don't trust ourselves too. In a way, we might not say it. Some of us are more honest than the others, right? When we will say, but, but it brings this, some people, because of this, some people don't, will not make any promises to God. <laughs> That's not what it says. Oh, you know, because I might not be able to keep it, I might as well not make the promise. That's true. But it does, does it mean that you are not to make a promise to each other, to make that commitment? And then does it mean that you are not to make a promise to God, especially if He's telling you to live for me, and you say, yes, Lord, from now on, I will live for you. Isn't that what you did when you said you accepted Jesus as your Lord for the Christians here? 
when you made that, that, that prayer, when you said that prayer, when you finally admitted that you are a sinner and you need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ, and there is nothing that you can do to save yourself, and you said, Lord, you did everything, so I accept you as my Lord. You know that you made Him Lord, and you essentially said, I'm no longer going to live for myself. And there's nothing that I want, that, nothing that I want to do must take priority over what God wants for me to do. That's a promise. That's you removing your, your covenant to yourself. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. When we say, Lord, live in my heart, be the king of my heart, be the king of my life. Do you know that every time we make a decision to live for ourselves, we're making a broken promise? Now, this is why we struggle. This is why we have great difficulty in believing God's promises too. Because we don't trust God's promises because a lot of us is still very selfish. When we don't trust God's promises because we're saying He's taking way too long to answer my prayer. We have to believe, especially if you, have, if you don't already, you have to believe that as you celebrate Christmas, you have to remind yourself that that is God's reminder to you that He is faithful to His promises. Amen? Yes, He loves us, right? We know that. We know that. But we hear it so much that he, it gets so watered down already. We know of Christmas way too much and it's just been peppered with other things that we forget the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas is that people during that time waited for the promise, Emmanuel. They were waiting for a Savior. And many years later, many years, some of, most of them did not see it in fruition in their lifetime. But regardless of the fact that they weren't able to wait or they didn't live long enough, Jesus came as promised. Now the third point is the hope is in the Lord. Can we go to the next point, please? And then if you look at Isaiah again, it says there, but they, on verse 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. So there, Isaiah gives hope to God's people, saying, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah 40 is set during a time of exile and upheaval of God's people. God, ha God had judged the Israelites during that time for their disobedience and allowed the Babylonians to conquer them. And they were sent to, to in exile in Babylon. Now the first section of Isaiah describes the judgment of God's people and the reason for it. But in chapter 40, God wants to comfort His people and give them hope in His promise of restoration. Now, there's, there's a lot of, um, in Psalms, there, there's a lot of examples and a lot of profession, a lot of prayers about waiting on God and how it's worth it. Um, next slide, please. This is not working right now. Thank you. 
In, in Psalm 27, 14, it, re it reads, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. That's 37.7. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. That's 38.15. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name for it is good in the presence of the ungodly. That's Psalm 52, 8-9. Now how does one receive a measure of God's power so that one can endure trials? Because waiting is a trial. Waiting on God is a trial. It's not a temptation. Right? Just... Uh, uh, I'm going to digress a little bit, but just to emphasize on what trial is so that, you, that we know what trial, the difference between trial and temptation is. With a temptation, that's from Satan, number one. Any temptation is not from God. A temptation is, is Satan's way to discourage us, to derail us from what God wants us to do, which is to live for Him. And that temptation is served so that we fall and then once we fall, we get discouraged and we don't become a good testimony for him or we don't feel like doing anything for God anymore. Now, a trial, it says in the Bible, that's from God. Trials, like waiting on the Lord, waiting for our prayers to be answered, is from God. Trial is to strengthen our faith. Trial, a trial from God, is to strengthen our faith. Now, if you fail in your trial, then it becomes comes a temptation but if you pass your trial then your uh, faith is being strengthened now first now the question is how does one receive a measure of God's power so that one can endure trials first one must come to the realization that God's strength is needed if you look at Isaiah again earlier if you uh, let's look at Isaiah again Oh, sorry, it worked. It finally worked. Okay. If you look at Isaiah, it says, the young men, they will, they will faint and be weary. Young men is usually, young guys are usually stronger than the older guys, right? It's very true between Alonzo and I. He is much stronger than me now than, 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 than before, ever before. But here it's saying even them, even the folks with, with great strength, they will, be, they will faint and they will be weary when they're waiting on the Lord. And the only place that you can get strength to wait on God is from God. Getting strength to do God's will comes from Him too. So make no mistake about it. If you're saying, Lord, Lord, I cannot do it anymore. Well, God is saying, answering you, saying, it's about time. It's about time. Now you're getting it. Now, take, remove your strength. In your weakness, right? In my weakness, I am strong. That's what, that's what Paul said. So even the strength is from God. We have to realize that strength, God's strength is needed for us to be able to endure the trial that He gives us. The trial of waiting for Him comes from God. The, the, the trial that comes from Him and the strength to endure that 
comes from God. Everyone knows that they sometimes grow weary. Even young, energetic, overachievers burn out if they work too long or too hard. The best and the brightest are not immune to failure. The choices and best-trained military recruits occasionally fall in times of war. Now, second, in, in chapter 40, verse 31, the means of overcoming these promises is to tap into God's strength. The Greek word koowa, that's in verse 29. That, that, that strength is by finding hope in the Lord. So waiting for the Lord comes, and, and, and the hope is coming from Him, and us to be able to wait on the Lord comes from Him. So everything comes from Him. Strength is available to replace, exchange, and, and renew. Those who are worn out. If you're worn out, if you've been waiting on God, and you're tired, you said, I'm done, Lord. You tell Him you're done, and you're tired, and you have no more strength, and you tell Him, to help you and to strengthen you. The strength comes from Him in order for you to endure that. Now third, a prerequisite for this transformational change is the placement of all expectations or hope in the Lord. This hope is an active dependence on God that patiently awaits His timing and, conf and with confident expectation. When we're praying and asking for His help, we have to expect that He will answer our prayers. And if we've lost that, if we've lost the need to pray because we're frustrated, because it seems like God's not answering, we have to pray to help us pray. Lord, give me strength to pray. Give me the desire to pray. Give me the strength to continue to hope in You. Give me the hope, Lord God, to hope in You. Give me the strength to wait on You. Now, for many, many of you, I, I don't know what it is that you are struggling with. But for some of you, you've given me the honor and the privilege to pray for you and to help you in some way by sharing with me what your struggles are. But whether I know it or not, the bottom line is God knows. God knows that struggle that you have that has been draining your strength to a point that you want to give up on your faith, to a point that you want to give up on yourself, to a point that you want to give up on people. To a point that you want to give up on Jesus. I'm here to tell you that I have been there. It was yesterday. No, no. I have been there. I've been there with you. But the truth is, as this Advent season is here to remind us that there is hope in the Lord. Because He is faithful. He is true to His promise. As you continue to pray your heartaches to Him, as you continue to, to, to lift up your tears to Him, your cares and your worries up to Him, you can rest and trust that He knows and He counts your tears and He cares about your heartaches and that He has the power. He is able. He is able to answer any and all of it so long as it is according to His will. In His time, not ours. Now, just like he promised the Israelites that he will release them, right, eventually from the Babylonian cap captivity, uh, he, will, he will also release you. He will also release us from that trial, that struggle, that's, that's just holding us back. Now, God always gives us our needs. Amen? 
He doesn't always give us our wants. Amen? But as Americans, even we're Filipino, we've become Americans, we've confused the wants from the needs. Oh, I need that new Tesla. Because <laughs> gas is so expensive. I need that new car. I have to have. I need those new clothes for Christmas. I need it for 2022. I need that new jacket. Because weather is so cold. You're forgetting that God continues to give you money for your gas, despite it's five bucks per gallon. You're forgetting that you have 25 other jackets in your garage, plus the 15 in your closet, and the other two boxes in your storage in the Philippines. <laughs> right? We've confused our needs from our wants. Now, you know what the forge is? You know, when we're trying to forge something me metallic, the forge is like, it's a fire, right? It's a fire. Now, at, at, least as at least as important as the things we wait for is the work God wants to do in us as we wait. He's forging us. You know, in that waiting, He's forging us, trying to mold us. Now, picture a blazing hot forge and a piece of gold thrust into, thrust into it to be heated. The, the gold is thrust into the forge to be heated until all that is impure and false is burnt out. As it is heated, it is also softened and shaped by the metal worker. Our faith is the gold. Our suffering is the fire. The forge is the waiting. It is the tension and longing and at times Anguish of waiting for God to keep His promises. I wonder all the time why God hasn't come yet. Why God is allowing so much evil in the world. Some of us, we're enjoying the life, which is fine. You can enjoy your life. But you can't also deny that there is still so much evil in the world that a lot of people are suffering. And I always wonder, what's taking God so long? You know, in Isaiah 40, 30 to 31, again, it reads there, right? They shall, it says there, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, I have included there Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. To wait on the Lord and to be patiently waiting on Him, there has to be trusting in Him. There has to be trust in God. We have to know that God knows better than us. And we have, we have to know that our love for our relatives who are dying of COVID or whatever else, God's heart is breaking harder than ours. Do we really think that our standards is higher than God's? Some of us, we have. When you say this, oh, I cannot forgive myself. I know God has forgiven me, Joe but I cannot continue to serve God because I've fallen and I, I cannot forgive myself. Wow, your, your standards are higher than God then. Because God said, I've forgiven you. When you accepted Jesus, He no longer sees your iniquities. He no longer sees you. He sees Jesus. Right? I don't know how many books we have to study, but we will try 
as long as God allows us, we're going to read the Gospels and we're going to read the letters of Paul for until you truly understand that your fall, when we fall, God doesn't see us. God sees, us. God, God sees Christ. Us in Christ, not Christ in us. Us in Christ. So, but we have to trust that. We have to trust that. You know, we, we, we trust God with our eternity, but we can't trust God with our bill. We trust God that, we'll, that He will save us from the fires of hell, but we don't trust God that He will change ourselves, our spouse, our children, our situation. Distrust in God will replace any false leaning on a person's own strength. Placing hope in God implies that a spiritual bond exists that allows people to admit their own helplessness and to commit their welfare completely into the hands of His strong power. Amen? This act of trust will enable God to replace human weakness with the powerful metaphor metaphorical soaring wings of an eagle. Their weary legs will be transformed into the strong legs that run fast the fainting person will be able to walk for miles. But trust is never easy. But it is the key to unlocking God's power. He will not answer your prayers if you doubt Him. Trust enables people to walk the path that God has chosen for their lives. If we don't trust God, He will not respond. He will let you do it on your own. And until you admit that you cannot do it, God cannot do anything for you. He will let you run out of strength. Fine. You want to do it on your own? Give it a shot. Because you know why? God will not share any glory with anybody. Amen? That's what we're doing. When we're not trusting God and we're saying, I'm going to turn my life around, we're saying, I don't need God. I can do it on my own. Now, for those... Uh, people who are good with movies. Do you guys remember the movie Goonies? <laughs> now, there's a group of kids on the treasure hunt to find the lost treasure of the quote-unquote one-eyed Willie, the pirate. While they, were, while they are making their way through some caves, they stumble across an underground uh, stream filled with coins. I don't know if you guys remember that scene. They realize that it is the bottom of the town's wishing well. And these are the coins of people's wishes. Now, there's a character and they, they're named Mouth. Because you can guess it, he talks a lot, right? Mouth decides to take some coins. But someone says they can't steal these because they are other people's wishes and dreams. This is what Mouth says. Yeah, but you know what? This one, he said, and this one right here, that was my dream and my wish. And it didn't come true. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking it all back, he said. Mouth is, a, is cynical and realizes his dream is about to end. And if they don't find the money, the friend's childhood home are being taken by investors. The banks were going to take it because they couldn't pay it. And his friends will be moving away without the treasure. Mouth feels betrayed by the world and doesn't want to dream to be disappointed again. When our frustrations come because of many disappointments, and we've just been waiting way too long for God. And God has just been taking forever. And it gives birth to frustration. 
and disappointment, and then we make mistakes, and then we say, maybe God won't solve our problems. Or maybe God doesn't care. Or maybe God cannot do it. Just like the lie in the, in the garden, right? Surely God didn't say. God didn't want you, doesn't want you to eat that fruit because God doesn't want you to know good and evil. He doesn't want you to have fun. When our frustrations give birth to disappointments, when our impatience give birth to frustration, then it gives birth to sin. You guys remember uh, Genesis, please, Jamie, on the next slide, please. Genesis 16, 2, all the way to verse 6. Remember when um, Abram was promised, Abram and Sarai were promised that they, God will give them a child, right? But then after 10 years of hearing that promise, Sarai said, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And then look at this. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. He's like, surely, dear, I will, your wish is my command. <laughs> he was very submissive to his wife, and she was leading the family. Again, reviewing Ephesians, right? Men are to lead the family. The wife is to submit to the husband. 4.6, he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. And then look, when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. And then men. Read this. Then Sarah said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. <laughs> I put my slave in your arms, and now she knows that she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And then Abram, the leader that he is, Your slave is in your hands. <laughs> Do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. You see? Impatience. God made the promise. But for Sarai, 10 years is long. But you know what? Honestly, 10 years is long. My goodness. If I hear, if I hear God audibly saying, Joe, you will have a child. I'm thinking tomorrow. You know, like tomorrow. I mean, there was a virgin birth, right? What's a promise? Well, yeah, 10 years. For some of us, there's still those prayers that we're still saying and we're still crying to God and we're saying, Lord, until when? Until when are you going to give me that wife that you promised me? That husband that loves you, Lord. Until when, Lord God? Until when, Lord, are you going to release me? Not from the marriage, but release me from this struggle, Lord. Until when? It's been many years. And, right, for, for us, who, for you Bible buffs, you know that it, it took 25 years, right? 25 years before the promised child came. Isaac. That was in Genesis 21.5. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now, we can struggle to wait whether through dreams not being fulfilled, a loss in our life, or just the frustration of wondering what God is doing. 
but we can gain strength from waiting in the Lord. God knows what is best for us and how the tapestry of our lives should be woven or made woven. It doesn't make it it doesn't make waiting easier. But with God, we are not alone when we wait. Because God's trying to improve our faith. God's trying to improve us to trust in Him. He knows if you're trusting more in your money, God, what will God do? Take your money away. If you are getting more peace from your money, what will God do? God will take your money away. If you love your husband or your wife or your children more than God, God will show you problems through them. And disappointments will come. Because God will show that there is no other love than His. And no one can be faithful to us here on earth other than Him. And there's, He's going to continue to do that. And sometimes our prayers for those things will take longer. Now again, with everything that we, we've read, and, and I know some of you know this verse in Isaiah 41.10. Can you please go to Isaiah 41.10? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I highlighted the ones when God is talking about himself versus the ones when he was talking about us. In my notes, at least. Um, the, I underlined us, our part, in this promise. What's our part there? Just to trust him. Right? He says, do not fear. Because something's bothering us, right? Something's scaring us. Something's removing our peace. And he says, do not fear. For I am. God is. Right? That's his name. I am. He is the great I am. The great I am, the creator of the universe, the almighty God is with us. So when you think that and you say, yeah, whom shall I fear? Do not be dismayed. Do not be disappointed. Why? Because your God, for I am your God. And who's your God? The real God. The only God. The God that, will, that is true to his promises. Look at Christmas for that. Look at, look at Christmas as God making a statement that whatever He says will come true. And that He will always come to the rescue. And that He came for you and me. We have to look at Christmas for that. I know you have your list and you're waiting and anxiously waiting for that. Right? But Christmas is more than that. Christmas is showing us that God is with us. Uh, please show Jeremiah 29, 10, 14. Now, we were in Isaiah, right? The whole time we were in Isaiah. And again, Isaiah is talking about, about their captivity and why. And in chapter 40, is, is God comforting his people. And then you look at Jeremiah. You know, it took 70 years, 70 long years, a lifetime, a lifetime before Israel was released from their captivity from the Babylonian uh, empire. But this is what God said through Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. And you seek me, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places when I have banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place where which I carried you into exile. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm reading that verse, some people have used this verse to, for prosperity preaching, right? But really, if you look at the verse in Jeremiah, the real blessing, folks is God himself. The real blessing is God himself. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. You see that? The real blessing, Christians, the real blessing Real Christmas present, the best Christmas present ever is Jesus Christ himself, God himself. Amen? Amen, amen. And then in Micah 5.2, it reads, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, through you, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from ancient times. You know, there, the, it isn't easy to wait. It demands persistence when common, says, when common sense says, give up. It will never change. God will not hear your prayers. God is not hearing your prayers, and God will not answer your prayers. Give up. That's what your common sense is saying. It's not easy. Because common sense will say, believe, right? It's hard to say believe when there is no present evidence to back it up. Because you've been praying many years. You've been praying for healing. You've been praying for help. You've been praying for, for, for rescue, but it's not happening. But you know, faith is made and molded in delay. It's molded in delay. It's forged in delay. Character is forged in delay. Women, the, the single women here, if you have a boyfriend that is trying to uh, force you to sleep with them before marriage, that just shows you their real intention. But the real character of your, of your boyfriend, if they really are worth it to be your husband, they are to wait and marry you. The forge or the molding is the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. As gold is purified and shaped in the white hot heat of a forge, so we Christians in our faith are purified and shaped in waiting. Andrew Murray spoke of the importance of our perspective on waiting on God. He said, quote unquote, we must not only think of our waiting upon God, but also of what is more wonderful still, of God's waiting upon us. 
The vision of Him waiting on us will give new impulse and inspiration to our waiting upon Him. It will give us unspeakable confidence that our waiting cannot be in vain. Let us seek even now at this moment and in the spirit of waiting on God to find out something of what, is, what it means. He has, inconceivably, he has inconceivably glorious purposes concerning every one of His children. And you ask, how is it? If He waits to be gracious, that even after I come and wait upon Him, He does not give the help I seek, but waits on longer and longer. Be assured that if God waits longer than you could wish, it is only to make the blessing doubly precious. God waited 4,000 years till the fullness of time before He sent His Son. 4,000 years. Our times are in His hands. He will avenge His elect speedily. He will make haste for our help and not delay one hour too long. Amen? That's our message tonight. Please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for um, this season, Lord God. We thank you for, um, it should remind us, Father, that um, you are faithful to your promises, that you are true, that you are powerful. We thank you for your message, Lord God. I thank you for reminding us that um, even the strength to wait on you comes from you. Even the desire to pray to you, Father, comes from you. So, Father, please, Lord God, we cannot, Lord God, live for you without your, you strengthening us. We cannot wait on you, Father God, without you giving us the strength to wait on you. We cannot trust you, Lord God, without you giving us the strength to trust on you, trust in you. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters who um, have been discouraged and are frustrated, Lord God, for the many things that they have asked you for this year, 2021, that seem to be not uh, answered by you the way they requested it. I pray that you continue to just uh, heal them, Father, heal their spirit and strengthen their faith, Lord God, despite the disappointments, despite the broken hearts, Father. I pray that you just mend them and put them together, Lord God, and make them into that new believer that you desire them to be because of the weight. And Father, I pray for us, Lord God, may we continue to just trust in you, despite the evidence, Lord God, that our prayers are being answered, despite the evidence that you might not be working, because the enemy seems to be winning in this world, Lord God. I pray that you help us, Lord, give us the strength to continue to trust, on, trust in you, Father. And I pray for this church of yours, Lord God, I pray that we will continue to live for you and continue to just make promises, Lord God, as you ask and live us, uh, as you lead us to, Father. We love you, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, amen, amen. amen. Um, if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if you have not surrendered your life to Christ and you'd like to do that tonight, please come up so we can pray for you. If you have any, uh, if you've been visiting us and God has impressed it in your heart to become a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayers, please come up so we can pray for you.
before we uh, we sing our last song, I just wanted to read a, a, a passage out of Luke 2, which says that in the same region, there were some shepherds staying in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Shepherds watch our king. 